8.22 before we sat down, but it's okay, we can read it while sitting down. Genesis 8.22, I want us to read as a family in concert. Hallelujah. Ready? Let's read. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and wheat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Read it again like you mean it. Ready? Go. Cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Hallelujah. Today I want to bring this uh, subject we've been looking for a few weeks now, the secrets of a fruitful harvest to a close. Hallelujah. And um, in Psalm 126 from verse 5 to 6, the Bible says that those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth, weeping, bearing seeds for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaths with him. Hallelujah. So you see, seed sowing is not a very pleasant thing. Especially in this microwave generation, especially in this day and age that we want everything instant. Instant coffee, instant noodles, instant meal. We want a very instant everything. Hallelujah. And you see, the principle of seed time and harvest time is a very difficult principle for the modern day Christian, the modern day believer to follow. But you see, God, the Bible says in Genesis that God gave every seed bearing plant onto the field to propagate itself, to replenish itself. So the principle at work in life is seed time and harvest. All of us sitting in this room, we are, we are seed. We are someone's seed that was planted. That is why they call the, 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 the semen or the sperm a seed that a woman takes in and incubates for nine months and brings forth a baby. Hallelujah. And as one baby is being born, another is dying. Are you with me? And as people are dying, people are being born. That is how the earth is being replenished. So life is, is, characterized, by, uh, uh, is characterized by seed, planting and reaping, planting and reaping. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. Hallelujah. So in life, you are either enjoying the fruits of the seeds you have sown or you are in the middle of sowing a seed for tomorrow. Hallelujah. In fact, you do the same, the, the two things at once. As you are reaping your sowing. As you are reaping your sowing. Hallelujah. So it's very important that we understand that we never stop sowing. And we never stop reaping. And you alone will not change the principle. You cannot sow bad seeds and expect to harvest good seeds, good harvest. Are you with me? You cannot sow something terrible and say that, well, I've said sorry, so it's okay. No, no, there's a principle at work. And if you don't change that principle, it will affect you. Hallelujah. So we've talked about a few seeds. I don't want to go over them. We talked about the seed of words. How many remember? And then we went on to talk about the seed of forgiveness. You sow forgiveness, you reap forgiveness. Hallelujah. Jesus said when he was teaching his his disciples in Matthew 6, if you don't forgive your father, your friend, how would your earthly father forgive you your trespasses? 
So we need to learn how to forgive people. Hallelujah. The next one was the seed of help. Amen. And I said in life, we all need help. Hallelujah. Everybody needs help. You need help to come into the, uh, the world. And you need help to get out of the world. The day you die, somebody will have to help you out. Yesterday we saw that the almighty Duke of Edinburgh was being helped to the chapel for the last time. One day a guy was working on the church, you know, was, they were building a church and they were doing the, the, the stairs, you know, and, and the guy kept shouting at the other workers that make sure that the stairs are even. I don't want the day that I'm dead and I'm in my coffin and the people are carrying me to the church, they will stumble and fall. I don't want that to happen because the guy knew that one day he would have to be helped up the stairs into the church for his final service. Hallelujah. So uh, the Duke of Edinburgh was helped to the, the, the chapel for the final service and was ushered out, was helped out, and was helped into the vault. They, they don't bury in grave. They go into vault. In the chapel, they have a compartment that they put the person. Hallelujah. So it's all of us, we need help. So don't be in, a, in the world and not be somebody that gives help to others. Never have that attitude. That is like you want to receive help from everybody, but you don't want to give help to anybody. That is not a very good attitude to have. Am I talking to somebody? We all need help. And see, as you show help, one day somebody will help you. I, I, I always say to my wife, anytime somebody asks you for help, ask you for, for money or something, try and give the person something. Because you may not need money, but someday you may need something as, as bad as the person needs money. And you want somebody to be there for you. Hallelujah. So make it a point. There are some of us, anytime anybody asks us for a favor, the natural answer that comes out of our minds, no, I can't. How many know what I'm talking about? As soon as they ask you for help, you say, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. No. Let us not have that habit. Amen. The next one was what? Faithfulness. The seed of faithfulness. The next one was what? The seed of evangelism. We looked at the seed of evangelism last week, isn't it? Today, I want to go on to something special. Somebody say something special. Ah, I don't, I don't think I'm hearing you right. Something special. Amen. And it's special because it is not physical. Help is physical. Um, evangelism even is physical. What else? Faithfulness is physical. Forgiveness is physical. But apart from all these physical things we have talked about, there's also another type of seed that we can sow. And those are spiritual seeds. Sowing spiritual seeds. Amen. Someone says sowing spiritual seeds. Now, spiritual seeds can also be sown. And spiritual harvest can also be reaped. Amen. So we need to understand that we, we, we can sow spiritual seeds and reap spiritual harvest. Amen. But the fundamental thing that you need to understand about sowing spiritually is faith. Somebody say faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, and, uh, and without faith, 
it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. Anything that has to do with God, anything that is spiritual, anything that has to do with spiritual things, you must understand that it has to be born out of faith. Amen. So spiritual seeds are born out of faith that we have in God. Hallelujah. And you see, it's, it's faith because none of us have seen God. None of us have seen God. Yet we believe that he is. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And we know that by, through faith, the world was created. Hallelujah. So, you see, even the world, even God, when he was creating the world, he had to do it through faith. So, anything that has to do with God, it needs faith. It needs us to believe that this thing that we are doing, we are doing it not unto a man. We are doing it for God. And God is the rewarder. And one day, he will reward us. Amen. Bible says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. Hallelujah. And he rewards when we sow spiritual seeds. In Galatians chapter 6, we talked about it last week. Be not deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked. What a man, whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Hallelujah. So when you, you sow into your flesh, you will reap corruption. Amen. The other day, I was trying to do a 30-minute jog. And as I was jogging, and I was going on just a little tiny hill. And I was like, it was as if I was carrying 10 bags of cement going up this tiny hill. And I was going, and I couldn't. Then this tiny little girl just came, pop, 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 and then just went past me as if the hill was not there. You know, and as she went past me, I said, this scripture just came into my mind. As you sow into the flesh, Of the flesh, you reap corruption. Now, small hill, you can't climb. <laughs> you know, from that day, I decided I won't, I won't, jog, I won't jog on the street anymore. Because I don't like embarrassment. You see, I have a very competitive spirit in me. So, when, you know, my, my competitive nature would have wanted to chase this tiny little girl... And overtake her to tell her that when we were running, where were you? But you see, the race is not to the swift. <laughs> you know, there are some things you don't try at home. So I, I just realized that, no, when you sow to your flesh, this flesh will disgrace you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because, you see, even those who do exercises... When you do exercise at a point and you stop, it's the worst thing that can happen to you. Because I used to go to the gym a lot when I was younger. Then I stopped. And you see, when you stop, your muscles relax, and then fat comes to sit on the muscle. 
And then that is the, 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 the weight that's not easy to get rid of. <laughs> so once you go to the gym, keep going till you die. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, when you are sowing into the spirit, you are going to reap. Eh, Prince, be careful. Go, if I go, go outside. <laughs> I was going to say go to the back. Then I realized that he was already at the back. So <laughs> the next punishment is that he goes outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Bible says that sow for yourselves righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. Sorry. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. God is going to rain righteousness on the spiritual seed that you are sowing. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break the fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Hallelujah. God would definitely rain righteousness on the spiritual seeds you sow. I'm going to come to the type of spiritual seeds we are talking about, but I'm just trying to lay a foundation for you to understand that spiritual seeds bring a, a righteous harvest. Hallelujah. And it's very, very e easy for you to stop sowing because it is not to a man. Sometimes you want the applause of men. Sometimes you want men to see your hard work, your hard spiritual work, and give you a little bit of uh, appreciation. And because they are not giving that appreciation, you just begin to get tired. Hallelujah. Jesus one day said that when you are going to pray, go into the closet and shut the door behind you and pray in secret to the God of heaven the God that sees in secret, and that God who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. So you see, that, that, that seed is sown in secrecy, but the reward is in the open. Amen. Spiritual seeds are seeds that are sown in secrecy. The problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees and the scribes and all those religious leaders was that the way they thought that spiritual seeds must be sown in the public. They have to be seen sowing the uh, spiritual seeds. And he said that, listen, you guys tight about mint and you do all these things just so that people will give you praise. You are like whitewashed tomb. You look nice on the outside, but inside you are full of dead men's bones. Because spiritual seeds must be sown spiritually and in secrecy. Hallelujah. It is very difficult. The first spiritual seed that I want us to talk about is the seed of prayer. The seed of prayer. Prayer is the most powerful seed that anyone can sow because it, it takes a man or a woman of faith to sow that particular seed. In Luke chapter 18, the Bible, talk, Jesus was talking about the parable of, uh, uh, he said that, and he told this parable in this wise, that men always ought to pray and not to faint. And he said that there was a woman, a widow, that lived. And that widow went to a, a judge, a lawyer, and said to the lawyer, vindicate me because of my adversary. 
For a time, this will, uh, the, the uh, judge will not vindicate her. And the woman kept going to this man saying that, vindicate me because of my adversary. And I'm now in verse 4. You are too late. He would not for a while, but afterward within himself, he said, do I fear not God nor regard men? Yet because of this this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Then the Lord said, hear this unjust judge. Hear what he said. Hallelujah. He says, and shall God not avenge his very own elect who cry to him day and night, though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, would he find such faith on earth? When God comes, when Christ comes, would he find people that still continue to sow spiritual seed of prayer? Because prayer is something that is looked down on. People shun you for praying because they say that, what do you mean by praying? Instead of going to work, you are praying. Instead of helping yourself, you, are, you say you are praying. And, and what will prayer do for you? Because it doesn't look very powerful. It doesn't look something, you know, tangible. You stay in your room and you're saying you're praying. You're talking to the air, you say you're praying. Praying to who? And what are you going to get out of this thing that you are doing? Hallelujah. It is a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural seed that can never die. Your prayer will never die. I say your prayer will never die. The prayer that you are praying today will last you a lifetime. As you pray, some, you see, somebody praying for their child, maybe your child is not born yet, and you start praying for them. That prayer, even if God takes you and you don't see that child, that prayer will keep that child. Hallelujah. I say that prayer will keep that child. Hallelujah. The soil on which prayer is sown is the soil of heaven. And that soil in heaven is faithful. Hallelujah. Heaven doesn't sleep. Heaven doesn't slumber. So Jesus said that sow into the kingdom of heaven where there is no moth or rust to corrupt it. Are you with me? Because the, the, the ground on, 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 on the, uh, for spiritual seed is without corruption. It cannot be taken away from you. Am I, I, I making sense? Yeah. It will never ever, it's a faithful ground. So when you buy your needs and you pray, whatever the thing that you are asking God for, that thing will never die. That prayer will live forever. Hallelujah. The Bible says in, in, in uh, uh, Revelation that God gathers the tears and the prayers of the saints and he puts it in a censer as an aroma, an incense of fragrance that comes into the nostrils of God. So as you are praying and you are interceding and you are crying, it, it, it becomes like a sweet perfume. All of us have a certain feeling when we smell something very sweet and nice. 
we get this feeling of good, uh, feeling good. How, how many know what I'm talking about? You smell something nice and you have a certain good feeling. That is how God feels when he smells your prayer. I, am I talking to somebody? I, 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 want, to, I want to encourage you to be a, become a prayerful person. Because it's a seed that is faithful. It's a faithful seed that, you see, there are some seeds that when you sow, the chances of you getting a good harvest is 50-50. Because the seed itself is not, it's not proper. Are you with me? The, the, the ground too that you are sowing, you are not very sure. But there are other types of seed that are foolproof. They are given, they are quality seeds that when you sow, you are, get, you are going to get a quality harvest. Even if the ground is not too good, you still get a good harvest because of the seed you have. Because it's a superior seed. But you see, if you have a superior seed of prayer and you are sowing it in the spiritual earth of, 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 of heaven, superior ground of heaven, then obviously you're going to get a, a, a powerful harvest. Hallelujah. You see, the seed of prayer helps you to sustain the vision that you have. Whatever vision you have, when you pray, that prayer sustains the vision. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we find, we find ourselves getting weary because we don't back what we are doing with prayer. Your marriage is going to get tiring and wearisome if you don't back it by prayer. Your relationship will get tiresome if you don't back it by prayer. Prayer sustains. Prayer encourages. Prayer makes the vision clearer. Am I talking to somebody? Prayer keeps you in focus. Hallelujah. Keep praying for the children. I remember when my children were, were younger. Anytime they sleep, my wife would take the anointing oil and go and pray over them. Pray over them. Every time, pray over them. When they have been naughty and they've been smart. Sometimes when they are naughty and they are smart, they are, they are told to go to their room. They go to their room. And they are angry. And everybody's like, you two are angry and everything. But in the middle of the night, you see the oil go. In the name of Jesus. Bless him, bless her. Hallelujah. Because that is an investment you are making into the life. You are investing prayer. You are putting the, up the hedge of protection. So you wonder how come all the children are turning back. But this child alone is, is not, it's like it hasn't been affected because much prayer has been sown. Even when they try to go off, they can't go off. Because a lot of prayer has been sown. Amen. In a church that is prayerful, that always prays, that church is sustained. A nation that prays is sustained. A company that prays is sustained. In this uh, pandemic that people are losing their businesses, when, when the rubber meets the road, you see that those that are prayerful keep rising. Hallelujah. Because that prayer has a way. I, I don't know how it works. Just as you don't know how the seed in the ground comes up. 
I don't know how it works. All I know is that when you sow it, you reap it. Except a grain of corn, John chapter 12, 24 says, except a grain of corn fall to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it is planted and dies, it comes out, isn't it? It comes, I don't know how it works. I wish I knew. I don't know how it works. But I know that when you sow it and it dies, it produces much fruit. In the same way, when you sow prayer, I don't know how it works, but it sustains. And it brings a harvest. Hallelujah. In Psalm 65 verse 2, the Bible says that all you hear, who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. There is somebody who hears prayer. Oh, I said there is somebody who hears prayer. There is a God that hears prayer. And all flesh will come to him. As you buy your knees and you keep praying, he will hear it. And not only will he hear it, but he will answer. He said, call upon me and I'll answer and I will show you great and mighty things that you never knew. Just keep calling upon me. You may be down. Something may be wrong. The doctor may give you a bad report, but keep praying. I said, keep praying until you see a change. Don't stop. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 62, the Bible says, I have set you, oh, watchman of Jerusalem. I've set you up as a watchman in Jerusalem. On the walls, they that keep watch, they will never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Someone said, Do not keep silent. Do not keep silent. Hallelujah. Keep praying. Give him no rest till he establishes until he makes Jerusalem, which is your land, a praise. Do not stop praying until things begin to turn in your life. I say, do not stop praying until you begin to see what you want to see happen in your life. Don't stop praying. Disturb God. I say, disturb God. Even the unjust judge said that, though I fear not God, nor regard man, because of this woman's constant request to vindicate her, I will avenge her so that I can have my peace. How much more, God? I say, how much more, God? So let us learn to become prayerful in your closet. Before you start that job, pray into that job. Before you start your day, pray into the day. Invest in the day with prayer. You don't know what you're going to meet. You don't know what story you're going to hear. You don't know what news you're about to hear. Keep praying. Because prayer will sustain you. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. It is a seed. Prayer is a seed. It's a seed that has a sure answer. In Psalm 91 verse 15... He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Say, if you call upon me, I will answer. God will not tell you that I will answer if he has no plans of answering you. Hallelujah. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. Hallelujah. And show him my salvation. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. With long life, he will satisfy you as you keep putting the seed of prayer down. Hallelujah. The next seed, spiritual seed, 
is a seed of fasting. I say it's a seed of what? Hallelujah. Fasting is a seed. I say fasting is a seed. In case you didn't know what fasting is, fasting is when you decide to deny your flesh. Hallelujah. You see, I ended there. When you decide to end, you deny your flesh, what your flesh wants. It is fasting. See, denying yourself of eating food, which you like very much, is a fast. Denying yourself of sleeping is also a fast, which you like very much. It's a fast. Hallelujah. Deny yourself of watching TV, social media. It's a fast. Anything that you deny your flesh, because the Bible said the flesh in us, it, 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 it's always at war with the spirit of God. So when you shut the flesh down, it's a fast. Hallelujah. Someone say, shut the flesh down. Hallelujah. Isaiah 58 verse 5. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? For a day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it not to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? Is, it not, is this not the fast that I've chosen to lose the bounds of wickedness? Hallelujah. So when you fast, the first thing that you do is what? You lose the bounds of wickedness. Hallelujah. To undo heavy burdens. There are some burdens that will never go unless you fast. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said some burdens will never leave unless you engage a fast. To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Verse 7. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? I know some people when they are fasting, they keep their breakfast. They keep their lunch and they keep their dinner till the night. And then when they break their fast, they say, the time has come. Glorify your son. Then they do their breakfast. They do their lunch. They do their supper. And then the snacks in between. Uh, no, no, that is not the fast. The Bible is saying that when you fast, share your bread with the hungry. So take your breakfast and give it to the hungry. Take your lunch and give your lunch money that you would have bought something with. Give it to somebody who needs it more than you. That's what a fast is. Z, are you listening to me? Yeah. You looked at me in a certain way. That's why I called you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's not just because you are restraining yourself from eating till 6 o'clock, so it means you are fasting. No. If you give your bread out and it's gone, that's a fast. Hallelujah. When you bring the poor into your house who are cast out, when you 
Go on quickly, quickly. When you see the naked and you cover him and do not hide yourself from his flesh, then your light, somebody say then. Then your light shall break forth as the morning. Healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your real God. Then you shall call, somebody say you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and you will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst and the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, hallelujah, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then, somebody say, then, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. But you see, just as I said, sowing is not an easy thing. Fasting is not easy. Hallelujah. Fasting is not easy. I, I, I can tell you that without any uh, fear or, 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 or favor. Fasting is a very difficult thing. Even at my age, at my level, you would have thought that fasting should be easier and easier. I tell you, it's not an easy thing. Just like any exercise is not easy. Fasting is not easy. But you see, it has the benefits. It has the power. It is something that you must keep sowing. It is something that you must keep sowing. So I am very happy that every month we, we set aside a whole week as a church that we fast and pray. Hallelujah. Join that fast. I say join that fast. Pastor Samuel said from 26th of this month to the 2nd of, of next month. We are praying into the month, into May. For your life. We are praying for you. Don't sit at home and eat and say, oh, the church is praying for me, so it's okay. No, no, you sow yourself. Nobody can pray for you better than you can pray for yourself. Am I talking to somebody? Nobody can pray better than you can pray for yourself. Keep sowing the, the seed. I don't care how young you are. Learn to fast. In fact, it's easier when you're younger. When you cross past 50, fasting is not a very good spot. <laughs> it's not a good spot at all so now that you are young that's the best time to fast the second that is the second thing third thing the third spiritual thing that i want us to also learn to sow is attending church someone say attending church it's a seed hallelujah Attending church is a seed. In Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, says, and do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more when you see the day approaching. Do not forsake that gathering together. Listen, never have an excuse on a Sunday morning. I say never have an excuse. You are robbing yourself some, of something. You are robbing yourself of, of keys. Somebody say keys. Give me a key. Now, every key looks the same. 
Isn't it? But every key does not open the same door. And if every door represents a blessing. Okay? So, this key is a car. That's probably worth about 40,000, 50,000. If somebody gave you this key, it will look like nothing. Are you with me? But the blessing that it unlocks will give you something that you can't work within a short space of time to end. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? And that is what we get when we come to church. Something is being said. A lot of things are said every Sunday. You think you know what is going to be said on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Even if you stay at home, it's the same. Because after all, you can listen. How many know that staying at home and listening, watching church online and being in the, in the church is the two different things? How many know that? Yeah. It's, it's not the same. When you come to the house of God, sometimes a key is dropped. And that key unlocks your whole life. So when you are not in the place, you rob yourself. You see, when we come to the house of God, there's, a, some, there's something that happens here. We come to offer praise to God and to hear from God what he's saying to us. Are you with me? So when you are praising him, you give him the opportunity to bless you. He inhabits the praises of his people. He, he descends with a blessing. When praises goes up, the blessings come down. Sometimes a blessing that God gives you is a word of encouragement. It's a word of prayer. It's a word of advice. It's a word of warning. It's a word of caution. It's a word of rebuke. It's a word of exhortation. It's a word. But that word is like a key that unlocks a certain door. You can work hard. You can do double time, triple time. But I believe you me, that triple time will not give you the, the key to your blessing. Hallelujah. The key may be very tiny, but just imagine that this key opens your health. You cannot buy health. I don't care how much money you have. You cannot buy health. Hallelujah. That is why you must always make it a point. Thank you. Make it a point to be in the house of the Lord all the time. Because you don't know when your key will be deposited. Amen. So do not forsake the assembling of yourself. Even when you are tired, you have just done a double shift and you are tired. You come to the house of God. Be sleeping. Feel sleepy and sleep. It doesn't matter. But come. Somehow, a blessing will locate you. I remember one day, we went for an all night. And this sister was sitting there all night. And she was, you know when it's like, you are trying to pray, but she kept nodding off. And as she was nodding off, the pastor just passed by, joined the all night prayer, and then put his hand on her shoulder. And believe me, that was the breakthrough. That was the change of that person's life forever was an all-night service that they were nodding off. Hallelujah. So do not forsake the assembling of ourselves. See, these days, we give ourselves so many excuses why we must not be in church. Because after all, I can watch it live. I can watch it online. I can, be, I can, do, I can do Zoom. 
Now, how many of us, to be honest, how many be honest, that when you are doing Zoom, you're always distracted? Especially for two hours. Somebody will call. Somebody will knock. Somebody will do it. You'll go to the kitchen to make a cup of tea. you do something. And as you are leaving, you don't know when your nugget is going to be dropped. So maybe you just take your eye off one second and nugget comes and misses you. Hallelujah. So do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Be, be steadfastly devoted to the assembly and the fellowship. In Acts chapter 2 verse 42, says that, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Someone say fellowship. They, anytime the apostles called fellowship, they were faithful to it. They were steadfast. They were always there. Hallelujah. David knew something. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said that I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to be anywhere else. I'd rather be in the house of the Lord. David knew something about the house of the Lord. He says in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Why do you always want to absent yourself from church? Why do you always give yourself excuses why you must not go to the house of God? Oh, I know pastor. Pastor is talking about harvest. It's going to be seed. And if it's not this seed, it's going to be another seed. No, 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 no. Never think that way. I say never think that way. It's a very bad way of thinking. Hallelujah. I know pastor. In fact, I watch it you know, at night. Then when you are feeling sleepy, then you put it on. Then... Two minutes later, you nod off. Say, I've watched it. What did you hear? I said, what did you hear? Hallelujah. So make it a point to be in the house. There's a certain blessing that is dropping. As I'm preaching, God is also preaching something differently to you. Because all of us are listening to the same message, but we are all hearing it differently. Why? Because the Spirit of God is talking to everybody differently. In the, in the atmosphere, in the presence of God, God is speaking to you according to your need. He's speaking to you according to your, your life. He knows you better than I do. I cannot talk to everybody. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you at the same time. It, doesn't, it can't happen. But as I'm preaching, God is taking the same words and is interpreting. Everybody has a different receiver. So we are getting one transmitter, but we are receiving it differently. That is how come we hear different things at the time. Anytime we come to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. So become somebody that is always in, in church. Never absent yourself. Hallelujah. You can ask my wife. Since we got married, there's never been any Sunday that I've been out of church. Even when we are on holidays, we'll find a church to go. Even when there's no church, we'll find a church. We'll find somewhere to go. And go and see. Even for 10 minutes, we'll go. Because there is something about the house of God that I cannot do without. Hallelujah. Never make it a habit that you don't attend church. Especially on the days that you need to be in church. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. You see, have you not realized that Every time there is the time to be in the house of God, things come and distract you. You get a phone call or something urgent comes. How many are not urgent things? Not all urgent things are important. A phone call is urgent, but not necessarily important. Hallelujah. 
When you begin, to, you want to pray. That is when the phone call comes. That is when you receive a message, bim, on your phone. But not every urgent thing is important. Treat important things as important things and urgent things as urgent things. Hallelujah. Important things are of more prior uh, importance than urgent things. Are, are, you, are you with me? Learn to know where to put, place things in your life. Where is this? Where is that? Where is this? Where is that? Some of us, when it comes to work, we don't joke. We are always up. But when it gets to church, we behave like babies. Uh, Pastor, can you come and pick me? I'm ready to come to church. Who should come and pick you? Do, do I come and pick you to work? Why should I come and pick you to church? You see, your attitude is wrong. That is how come you are not being blessed. You have a wrong attitude. You are not urgent. You, are not, you don't see it as important. That is why you want to be babysitted to come. Pastor, if you don't come within the next five minutes, I won't go again. Pastor, can you iron my, my shirt as I'm going to take my shower? I'm not kidding. I'm telling things that happen. Yeah. The pastor won my bath. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said, Pastor, I don't have money. If I come, will you give me money? So I will have to bribe you. No. No, that's a wrong attitude. See, some of you are feeling uncomfortable with what I'm saying, but it's true. You get, and that is why we are not being blessed because nobody pays you to go to work. Even when you don't have money, you find money to go. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? You, you, find, you make it a point to go. Even when it's snowing and nobody, you, you walk to work. But when it comes to the house of God, we have to beg you. We have to start on Wednesday. Battering you up. Thursday, how are you? Friday, massaging you. Uh, Saturday, we have to come and iron your clothes. We have to give you, you know, we have to find some, some powder and put on you. Uh, why? Especially when the church is small. And it's like, you know that you are, if you don't come, the pastor is going to be there by with it. That is even when you start to bluff more. I remember. <laughs> okay, let's move to the next point. <laughs> I remember one day, my, my pastor, somebody called my pastor. Then my pastor, my, my car has broken down. Come and take me to to the shop to go and fix my tie. Because it's Friday. If you don't come and fix, help me to fix my tie, Sunday will come, you will see. <laughs> then the pastor said, Randy, Randy, Randy. I called my pastor. He said, I can't come. I can't come. I have to go and fix my church members' the, the, the tie. Then he went to fix the church member's tie. 
He came back sweating. Then he said, Pastor, we're supposed to be having pastor's meeting. He ran. He was going to fix the church member's tie. Then he came back, sat down. We're having a meeting. Then the, the same person called again. Pastor, uh, it's time to go and get my shopping. My wife shop is going to shop. Can you? I'm going to do the laundry. So can you come and take my wife to go to the shop? Now, Pastor got up. He's going. I said, hey, where are you going? He said, you have to go and get your wife to go to the shop. I said, sit down. If they won't come to church, they should stop. Psalm 127, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, then they build it. Except the Lord watch over the city. It is in vain for you to stay up late and to eat the bread of sorrow. For he gives his beloved sleep. It is his church. Brother Pastor, it is his church. If he doesn't want to feel it, leave him to not to feel it. After all, you, you are doing your faithful. You are coming to church, you are preaching, you are doing what he told you to do. If he won't feel it, leave him not to feel it. Stop battering people up. If they won't come to church, they should stay. Hallelujah. It is his church. We won't beg you. Hallelujah. I say, I've been doing this work for, for a long time. More than 25 years I've been doing this job. I know all the tricks in the trade. Uh, pastor. Uh, uh, pastor. You see, hey, I, we used to have a, a mobile phone that rings. Sunday morning when it drinks, nobody wants to pick the phone. And I'll tell my wife, pick it. Then she says, pick it. Because I knew that, I, I know that when I pick it, my preaching will spoil. Somebody, Pastor, my, my heater has just broken down. The boiler is gone. It's, I come back with cold water. Then you see my heart. Because this is my only church member. <laughs> What's going to happen? You have three church members and they talk to each other. I'm not going. Will you go? <laughs> you see, and, and, and I used to panic. I used to panic when they call. I'm not going. <laughs> oh, Evelyn, stop that. <laughs> stop, stop crying. <laughs> I'm preaching a message for you. <laughs> They'll call each other. I'm not going. Will you go? Hey. What kind of life is this? Why are you only three? But one day the Lord gave me my freedom. One day he told me that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That was my freedom that from that day. I read that scripture and it liberated me that it is not my church. When you didn't see my name on the church uh, sign, when you came, did you see my name there? That this is Chris Andor's church, so come. No, it's God's church. I just happen to be the one standing here. But it's his church. Nobody gathers because of me. They gather for God. So if God will not gather the people, then this is his problem. It has nothing to do with me. From that day, I went to sleep. 
Say, if you won't come, don't come. Listen, I've had a convention, just chairs, me alone and chairs. And I preached myself happy and I went because I know that it's God's church. It's not my church. If it's empty, that's his problem. No, it's not my shame, it's his shame. From that day, if you don't come, don't come. Uh, I didn't like the message today. Pastor was preaching and said that he shouldn't come. We won't come and pick you again. If you won't come, don't come. As we are picking you, what about the new people? We've been picking for you for, for months. You haven't grown out of it. You always want pampers, new pampers. Meanwhile, you are 45 years old. You want pampers. What kind of life is that? Don't let me get angry. Big grown person like you, you are wearing pampers. What would we do? So that is why the church is not growing. Because instead of concentrating on the new people, and the younger people, we are babysitting you, a matured person. You have been in the church for, if you have gone to any place more than six months, you are matured. You should rather be going to pick somebody. You should take Uber and go and pick somebody to bring to the church. What you got, it's time for you to also give to somebody. Not that you are also still you want. You know, the cancer is a disease of selfishness. When it is in the body, it wants all the food. It wants all the care. It wants all the attention without understanding that other cells, other parts of the body also needs attention. So the, you alone, you want the pastor to be your personal pastor. Come and pick me to the market. Come and pick me to the shop. Come and pick me to the, come and do, come and do, come and If the pastor was doing that for everybody. <laughs> Listen, let's just stop that, that thing. Are you with me? And help to also get someone. Just as it was done for you, do for others. Go and get people. Go and take, go out of your way to bring people. That is how it is. And, and you see, the more you do, the more God blesses you. It's a spiritual thing. You are sowing spiritual seeds. When you come to the house of God, it's a spiritual thing. Nobody sees a physical blessing. The reason why we treat church the, the way we do, because we don't see a physical reward. If you are going to work, you know that at the end of the week, you are going to get X amount of money or, or Y amount of money. That's why you are always first to go to uh, church, uh, work. Even when you are tired, you go. Even when you didn't have a good night, you go. Even when you are sick, you go, because you know that you'll be paid. It's physical. Because you don't know the payment that you receive spiritually, then you treat it anyhow. Believe you me, there is a reward. I said there is a reward. Am I talking to somebody? All right. All right. Is my time up? Okay. Let me give you one last one, then we go home. The next one is the seed of working in the house of the Lord. It's a seed. Somebody say, it's a seed. Oh, the way you are behaving, I'm feeling like not preaching anymore. Because in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 16b, it says that, Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Your work in the house of God will be rewarded. 
what you are doing that nobody sees, God is going to reward. The Bible says, he said, reward of them that diligently seek him. As we are seeking him, he rewards us. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? In, in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says, God will reward your labor. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Hallelujah. Do not be lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, because God will reward you. Amen. The last verse of First Corinthians 15, he says that, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Someone say, be steadfast. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Somebody say, my labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. It's never in vain to serve the Lord. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. When you are serving God, you have to come early to come and uh, sweep. You sweep on Saturday. You come and sing. You come and pray. People are doing things. You are going on visitation. You are going on evangelism. It looks like even pastor hasn't seen. Pastor is not uh, appreciative of what we are doing. No, no. Pastor doesn't have to clap for you. God is clapping for you. I say God is clapping for you. God is the one that rewards. If you are looking for me to say well done, I will not say it. Because as soon as I say it, I've taken your blessing. As soon as I say, well done. I remember one day in our church, we used to do awards, awards nights. We award people who have been working throughout the year. Then we awarded, oh, the, the best, uh, whatever, Quarista is brother, uh, sister, some, somebody. Then there was a brother in the choir. Go angry. Hmm. Join the service. Hmm. 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 Why? Because he, he said he is the best. He has been the best chorister. How come they are giving best choir? They give it to this sister. He walked out of the door and never came back to the church. Just because somebody was given an award. And see, those times, what we used to do is that we give the award to the new people with the understanding that the old people don't need clapping. But the new people have joined. We just find like, and the reward, I think it was a, it was a cho- bar of chocolate, something, chocolate or something. The bar, hmm, hmm. Bar of chocolate. One pound ninety-nine. Ah! The brother walked out of the church, never came back. Very angry that they did a word. And they didn't give. But we, we used to make up different awards. Best choirster, best dressed choirster, best dressed, just to give to the new people. Because the old people, none, none of them will ever win anything. Because they all understand that we are doing it to encourage those who have just come. That, you know, Brother got angry. (gasps) 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 Left the church. Went to somewhere 
Within two weeks, he left that church, went to another place. Within a few weeks, left, then his life became some way. Just because of 199 bar of chocolate. You know those big Cadbury chocolate? We wrapped it. That was it. <laughs> Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. Not the reward of the church, not the reward of the pastor, but the reward, his reward. This, this scripture, if you have a good Bible, you see it is in red. Because this is Jesus himself speaking. Revelation 22, 12. And behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. This is Jesus talking. I have my reward with me to give to everyone according to their hard work they are doing. Their work behind the scene. When the church is finished, there are some people that still work. They don't go home. When, when they, before the church starts, there are some people here. There are some people work into the morning. Before is work that is not seen and praised by people. Because it's not for people. It's for the rewarder. The one who has his reward with him. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it says that if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is bent, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Hallelujah. So you keep doing, keep working in the house of the Lord. You are working. Nobody sees. Nobody said thank you. Don't want anybody to say thank you. Just do it. Just keep doing. Someone say keep working. Keep working. Even when you don't see him, keep working. Even when you don't feel it, keep working. Even when you don't see anything, keep working. You don't know that the work you are doing in the house of the Lord is what's sustaining you. A sickness would have hit you. That would have paralyzed you. But for the work you are doing in the house of the Lord, Hallelujah. I, I always say that I've never missed a church service for the last 30 years of my life. Never ever one Sunday not been in church. What does that mean? It means that I've never been sick enough to be out of the house of God on a Sunday for the last 30 years. I kid you not. Never missed one Sunday church for the last 30 years of my life. My wife has been with me for 24 years. You can ask her. Never have I missed a Sunday service. It means that I have not been sick to lie on the bed overnight to Sunday and not be able to come to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe that one day when I, I saw this thing, I was glad when they said, let us go and then never forsaken us. Those are the two verses I saw. And I said, I will never miss a Sunday. God also made a covenant with me that I will never make you sick to miss a Sunday service. 